back to the Power Passion podcast. I am joined with an esteemed guest, Fred Shabesta. He is the co-founder of finder.com. And obviously this is very relevant in this trying time as uh, the government has declared that it is officially a recession in Australia and it's uh, good to get all kinds of financial advice personally before you make any kind of decisions or purchasing decisions. So I suppose just give a little bit of a rap sheet for the listeners, um, anything that I might've missed out, Fred, and let's, let's start the chat. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, I, I think um, I started very young building, sort of, you know, uh, a business and have learned a lot along the way. And, you know, I think fine as a manifestation of, you know, let's say a good, you know, 18 years of mastery of internet marketing, building websites, understanding the internet. Um, it's, it's not finished. It's day one still. Um, but, um, you know, I think it helps people get a better deal. And, and, and our vision is to better all the world's decisions all around the world. You know, it's a, it's a big mission, right? Big journey. Um, but, um, started, you know, one web page at a time. That's where we began building, you know, the credit card comparison, um, website and, um, you know, we've expanded from that. It's been, been, been a lot of fun. So what was, I suppose, the initial um, moment? Was it an accumulation of moments that led to you going, yes, I'm going to go uh, about creating finder.com and the, the, the app? Uh, in general, was there is there a kind of like an origin story that you kind of like had to share? Yeah, we um, in two thousand and six had a um, a, a business, a, a web you know design agency, and we used to help people do uh, build their site and, and help them market and get themselves to the top of Google. And um, we had you know another idea. I thought you know Frank and myself is he's the other founder of Finder. Um, Frank, um, we, we talked a lot about, you know, if we can build other people's websites, why can't we build our own? And, you know, there's no real reason why you can't. Um, so we, we kind of put 17 pieces of paper on this sort of hexagonal table and, um, we, we, we sort of, you know, move them around and then we, we sort of put ticks next to the ones we thought were really good. And we chose, I think four or five of them. And one of them was credit card finder, which was, you know, the credit card comparison site. There's a Sudoku site, a Mother's Day present site, um, a poker site. We sold poker tables and poker chips back when, you know, Texas Hold'em was really big. We, um, you know, we, we, we really put it out there uh, on the internet. And there's still lots of businesses, lots of domain names that, 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 that the company owns. But she sold the agency in 2007 to a public company. And then you know, we worked there for a long period of time, two and a half years, and we left and we went full time into building Credit Card Finder. Um, and we just thought that was a, that was a, a, there's a lot of scale to a comparison business. And I think we have taken a slightly different approach in starting with, you know, a blog and content and, 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 and really scaled it from there, right? I think we start with, I guess, the marketing, the growth marketing um, to begin. And then we try and figure out products and services to deliver to our, our audience um, once we've, we've got the, 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 the traffic and, and, and that model is, you know, it's probably not um, the, the, the easiest because it's constantly trends are changing and people's needs and wants change all the time. But I do think there's a, there's an overriding 
uh, brand that's sort of coming out of this and, and building with Finder being a, a, a comparison service where you can, you know, go and compare almost anything. Um, and, and, and that, and that, um, that idea, but I'd say didn't start in the beginning. We just wanted to rank number one in Google for credit card. Right. Um, and you know, really pushed that to the limit. We got, we got penalized in, um, 2011, uh, by Google and we got sent back. We lost about 80% of our traffic, went to Google jail, um, which is pretty, pretty, pretty rough. And, and two months of Google jail was not, not what you want to do as a startup. We, we eventually sort of dug ourselves out of that and, and, and found, um, how to, how to operate, um, um, out of that as a, as a sort of a white hat. Um, business and, and really diversified our, our traffic um, sources and, and, and really focused on that over the last, you know, 10 years. So it's, it's, it's been quite a journey um, in and of itself, but um, lots of challenges and lots of mistakes along the way to, to get to where we are. 100%. So you mentioned Google Gel. Now, for those people that aren't necessarily within industry, how exactly did that happen? And is that like a changing of the algorithm for those people that don't exactly know exactly what you mean by that? And then also, uh, furthermore, just to follow up with that, what is a trend that you're noticing right now with this uh, whole, uh, we could say it's a, a global recession to an extent. I mean, the entire uh, economies around the world are being very conservative with everything they do. And there seems to be a lot of uh, turmoil going around yeah no i think um i think the um the um you know we went full-time into the business in 2009 right um and you know i think a lot of those um that time wasn't easy as well both from a financial crisis perspective i think that was the deep winter of that um and um you know i think that's a great time to start a business um, lots of opportunity, lots of staff, lots of prospect, lots of people um, not building stuff. And I think that's a great time to start. And, you know, in terms of Google jail, you know, Google changes its algorithm all the time. But I think fundamentally, you know, if you're pushing the boundaries of a tactic too far, you tend to get slapped, right? No matter what it is, whether it's okay, Facebook yeah. changes its algorithm um, and, and, you know, <laughs> we push it pretty far, right? So, you know, we achieved that goal of ranking number one for credit card, but soon after we were ranking nowhere to be seen, um, which is not fun. Um, you know, I, I think Google's algorithm's constantly changing and they're constantly making it harder and harder for people to gain the system. And it favors, you know, just good business practice. It made us go back and go, hey, let's build a real company. Um, and I don't know whether that, is the right way to approach it or not. But it's, it's, it's always been a, a journey for us as an, as a business to, to figure that out, right. To figure out um, where's too much and then kind of pull it back at, you know, 20% off the line and, and, and sort of go from there. You know, a hundred percent. So obviously when it comes to Google's perspective on that, they want to make sure that there's equal search results and as much opportunity for everyone that's within the space and, is listed on a Google search. So you're talking about obviously search engine, search engine optimizing everything to a point and then kind of, I suppose, taking it down a notch. So I suppose there's an important lesson to be learned there is, um, so if anyone that might be listening to that, like, I suppose, uh, what would you say would be the best tactic just to 
just find out what is optimal and then dial it back a little bit. Fred, you, would you suggest that or for anyone that's starting a business and wants to, I suppose, rank top on Google results right now and not land up in Google jail? Yeah, I think, you know, um, take it easy and, uh, you know, um, there's no need to push it. Um, you know, I, I just think these days build a good business, you know, build a good website and serve your customers and SEO will, will, will naturally follow out the back of that. You, you know, you need, you need to tick off the, the basic hygiene, um, elements, but in the, in the bigger sense, I, I just think that it's better to focus on building a great company. And, and then the SEO will, will follow at the back of that. Um, you know, you, you do need some sort of um, high-level understanding of how, how Google works. Um, I think that's a good thing. But I think in general, I, I just go back to that, you know, don't build an SEO company, build a real company that solves customers' problems, right? I think that's a big difference. And it's something, I think, a mistake I made in the beginning that I probably change um, today and, 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 and I think that's not easy to do. It's not easy to pivot out the back of that, but you know, I think focus more on that customer and deliver a better experience and, 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 and the SEO will, will come. hundred percent. So I was obviously, I had a look at your, your profile and did a little bit of research before having you on the podcast. Um, so how did your experience as a contributor at Yahoo Finance kind of, I suppose, ground you and give you, I suppose, the confidence to start your own, your own company? And then also, I suppose, just the, the knowledge of working in, well, a, a still a very um, well-known company to this date. Yeah, I think, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a contributor to Yahoo uh, in the start. I would love to be, but um it, it, it definitely came after a while. I think that came from, but you know, what, what, where does that come from? I think it comes from starting to write, you know, start to be prolific, start to find the medium that you know how to communicate in on the internet. And I think for me, you know, I write a lot of things. I, I you know, try and get the message out about Finder. I try and um, participate in a lot of events and speaking. And that, that's, that's my way of doing that. Other people that might not come as naturally to them, um, so I think it's about finding that, that channel that you can communicate in. Um, and if you're not really a communicator, find someone who is, you know, <laughs> that's, that's also, you know, probably the way to approach that. Um, and there are lots of companies that, you know, they don't really have a face uh, or a person that sort of, you know, gets out there and communicates about them. That's just a certain style of company. And, you know, I, I take a step back and I always think there's kind of four different types of CEOs. You know, there's a there's an operations one, there's a technologist um, one, there's a salesperson one, and a marketer. And I think I'm more of a marketer promoter style CEO. Um, in, 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 and that's important to realize. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm actually a, I'm a, I'm a relatively good technologist as well, and I've started to really focus my attention more on that. But I always naturally gravitate towards promotion and marketing. That's just that's what naturally comes to me. Um, it's kind of a combination of those two things, technology, promotion, and marketing is where I kind of put myself. I don't think you're any, you're never binary in these kind of things. You know, I can do some selling. Operations is not my strength. Straight up, you know, that's just not where I do well. Um, I think that the, the, 
the foundation of yourself and knowing yourself and your strengths and what you are not are not good at that that kind of will determine where you go and what you should do to promote your company right um and i think for me i try and focus on communication and i focus on promotion and focus on um being topical and understanding where the trends are going predicting you know sharing where i think the future will go that's 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 what i like to do and and everyone else has other ways you know some people are great technologists and they just make great products and then they go and show them and everyone knows about them because you know they show them great products they're great engineers you know i think that's um that's that's more their you know style um their their their, their way of approaching those things um yeah i think um would i change that I, I don't think so i think it's what i'm naturally good at did it you know did it inform me of of where to go next i think yes because oh hey i naturally know how to do this i'm going to do some more of it um and and that's that's just a you know is, is is a natural fit for me um but you know there are things i've done and i haven't been so good at as well you know um being a, a an executive or, or a particular functional role in the company i'm I'm actually pretty poor at that. I'm unreliable. I, um, you know, I'm not the greatest manager. I'm a great leader. I know how, to, you know, I can lead an organization, but managing people day to day, it's probably not my um, strength. And, and, and there are other people that do that really, really well. And finding those people um, is, is, is critical for me in anything I do. Um, I think that there's um, kind of a, um, uh, a halfway place between, um, you know, knowing yourself and trying things that you might not know, and you might not be great at. And I think that's great as well. Like just to get out there and, you know, have a level of 20% unsure and curiousness, um, and, and just wander. Uh, I think that's part of the, the founder, uh, founder's job and founder's role. No, a hundred percent. I find this uh, personally myself because I I'm curious. I suppose with the setting up of my social media company, whether it can be done. Obviously, uh, TikTok's been around since like 2012, and they've scaled into the Western market quite well. But I I kind of like it's that that uncertainty, that curiosity uh, that I suppose uh, any person that kind of wants to go out and and I suppose put their dent in the universe. I hate to kind of quote Steve Jobs there, but it's very fascinating to see like this, this innate curiosity to see, just to experiment. And I also find that a lot of people, and I'm sure you can agree with this, Fred, um, within your organization and, and in mine, just starting out really small, um, often have different ways of viewing where the company can go. And this has enormous amount of benefit. And I, I personally, I, I do agree. And I, I, I 100% uh, empathize with the, the managerial kind of thing because it's a very it's a very interesting thing because you have to listen so well to people and you have to also almost become uh, a, a bit of a psychologist in a way with everyone and kind of understand where they're coming from and then you also have to kind of I, I don't know if you agree with me here Fred but remain a little bit detached I don't mean being like cold or anything but it's kind of like you need to take aboard everything that they're saying so they feel like they've been heard and then find ways in which the, the team can work and uh, I suppose progress forward. I'm obviously talking from very rudimentary experience, but I'm sure you can kind of anecdotally relate to something similar. 
Yeah, I think you you know what you're talking about is detaching yourself from the uh, immediate emotions and feelings that you feel like you want to react towards, and instead, instead of doing that, responding with you know a calm um, and considered uh, approach, and then um, you know acting from there. And that's really really hard to do, but that's that's part of being a founder, you know. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so moving forward, what are like other goals of yourself? Obviously, uh, it's promoting the fact that Finder.com is an amazing application that should be downloaded right now. We'll leave a link in the description below for anyone to get on that. But moving forward into the future, obviously, it would be a a huge opportunity, I would imagine, from your uh, viewpoint right now, considering everyone needs to be a lot more uh, conservative with their finances, or at least more well informed with the financial decisions that they can make and I suppose take their finances uh, more seriously going forward so that they can, I suppose, what, save for a rainy day fund, put some money in shares and do, do things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, finance comes down to personal finances come down to uh, a few key principles. Um, and, and most of them are then, you know, scaled into a, a large amount of complexity. Um, but, but, but I think it starts with, you know, number one, um, you know, spend less than you earn. That's probably um, the beginning point, right? And if you can reduce your spending and increase your earnings, you're probably going to have more money left over. Um, then I think the second thing you need to figure out is how do you make money from money? Right. So once you get some money, you need to go and then make some more and, and get it to make money for you. Um, so putting money to work is, is what I call it. Um, you know, I think you, like you su suggested, you know, shares are an interesting way. Um, high interest savings accounts, you know, ETFs potentially, all, all these kinds of ETFs are really just shares. Um, you know, obviously I'm big into cryptocurrency. You know, there's gold, there's property. There's all sorts of ways that you can make money from money, owning a business or a small business um, and turning it over or a big business, doesn't matter which way. They're all relatively passive forms of income um, and, and, and you need to build that. Um, you know, and I think those two things combined together um, is, is ultimately what, what, what gets you to be financially free. And, and, and that's what this app's about, right? Is, is, Let's, let's start to get people to actually look at their finances and what's inside it, you know, and not in a jerky kind of way, but just in like a cool way. Like, you know, budgeting is pretty boring and who wants to do a budget? You know, like that's just, bleh. but like, you know, shaving 20 bucks off your phone plan just because you're going to actually get more data because you just, you know, have a, have a look at it. That's actually kind of cool, you know, or you know, canceling that extra subscription that you never used, you know, saves you another 20 bucks. Um, add, it all adds up, right? It all adds up. And then that obviously goes towards building your, you know, your, your, your passive income um, tool. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm what's called a quarantine investor. Um, so I, I, I take my pay and I've always done this. And, and, and I, I, you know, I started off getting paid $1,500 a month. That was how much I paid myself. Um, and I just took a portion of that and I said, right, that's for living, you know, and rent and, and, and food. And the rest I'm just going to put away. 
you know, and, and obviously over time, you know, the goal is to get that to 50%. You want to put, if you can, after you've paid your taxes to get your net income and put away 50% of it, that's amazing. Not the easiest thing to do, right? And it's a hard thing on that hard journey, but that's, that's the level I think you want to try and get to. Um, and then once you get that money, you know, put it into things that are, are for the long term um, and, and just, just forget about it. Just tuck it away and forget about it. Um, and then there are other decisions about debt and, you know, buying a house and um, rent. And they're kind of personal decisions. And I don't think that's, that's obviously up to the person if they want to do that. If not, that's fine as well. Um, I think it's perfectly valid to live without actually buying a home these days and renting your entire life. There's actually nothing wrong with that. If you can earn more money out of um, your investments that, that are greater than um, the, the, the capital return you might get on your home, absolutely fine. You're not, you're not going to passively make money from your home because you live in it, uh, unless you pay rent to yourself. Um, but, you know, zooming out, I think if someone's starting out today, I think if you can take that personal um, financial discipline from the start and take that same discipline into your company and request everyone else to make that same discipline in the company, I think that's, that's a great practice. And, and getting yourself into a place of financial freedom, will, you know, that, that's what enables you to make more riskier, take bigger bets in your company uh, when you have the opportunity. And that's not about, you don't need to manufacture the opportunities. Opportunities come, you know, they come to you. You just got to, you know, start looking for them. You say, all right, I'm looking for growth opportunities in my company, you know, and then you'll start seeing the lens of the world. They're always there. Then it's about, can you take those investments? Can you make those decisions? That's when, you know, financial freedom and the ability to do that. That's where it comes down to, right? If you don't have to pay yourself for, you know, six months, because you're going to take that money and invest in your company into, into a particular project or something, whatever it may be. That's great, but if you can't, you know, it obviously limits your investments and limits what you can, you know, invest in, in the company, and that's okay as well. It's just it's 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 it starts small. That's where I started. Client is a bootstrap company. You know, we haven't raised any money or taken on any debt. It's just a, a, a one page at a, at a time business, and and obviously we weren't able to make as bigger investments as other companies. But you know, I'm I'm a bit more of a an old school, I guess, business builder where, you know, it's, it's about creating a real company you know, that makes profits and pays taxes and pays its wages and pays out dividends. That's what a, that's what a real company does. Um, um, there are obviously, you know, great times to really push a company and grow it when there's an opportunity. And I, I fully endorse and agree with that. You know, I just have been on a different path and, and building, building a, a company, which um, is, is, is a, uh, a going concern. And, and I think that creates a platform to, to really push it. And, and, and that's where I think I'm sort of at is now it's time to really dial it up and take it to the next level. No, hundred percent. I can totally relate to the old school uh, business approach method because personally, a lot of my mates at university are like, Mason, are you going to like, you know, raise a lot of money? You're going to try and ask for outside investment. As soon as that pops into my mind, I think to myself, okay, obligations, obligation, obligations. I have, if I raise X amount of money, like the standard, uh, I suppose, what, let's, let's say early 2000s Silicon Valley model of, of start, oh, give me your money. No, no, not at all. Because one, I might not only lose the investor's money completely if I don't make the company successful and monetize and give them return on investment, but two, 
I could lose the entire connection that they have, which probably would bring more money to me in the future if I just bootstrapped it. So I think a lot of people um, need to resonate with the fact that personal finance is a thing. And I mean, if I look back retrospectively on the amount of money I spent, I don't know, going out to a bar. I mean, you could literally go to any bar in Australia and I've tried this. You could literally go there, drink water, smile, joke around with your mates. And if you're a top bloke and you don't, don't ask by the way, but occasionally people buy you free drinks just because you're a delight to be around. So you don't necessarily need to waste money on, um, on guilty pleasures. And these are the things that can be stashed away. And I think that budgeting needs to be a hundred percent more, more innovative and more dynamic than the standard, you know, Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I'm not sure about, you know, I I always pay my way. And um, (laughs) you're just like looking at me, just like you skint Mason. (laughs) No, well, you know, I understand. I get it. You know, there are times when, you know, I used to, you know, you got to survive and hustle, but I think you got to pay that back as well. And in these days, I pay it forward, right? I, 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 I try and share what I have and as best I can, um, and 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 hopefully that comes back. I, mean, I have no expectation if it does or doesn't, and and, and that sort of um, it's one of those things, right? It's 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 if you have the intention where you need to borrow a bit now in order to pay back later, I think that's the key, and people will remember that. They remember. You know, oh yeah, I remember when you were struggling, and now I appreciate. You know, like thank you, and then that's that's that reciprocity, and that's what I think. Um, you know, I think I think I think as long as you have the intention, uh, and 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 um, uh, mindset that um, you, you know you may need to to borrow a bit now in order to repay it back and add a little interest. You know, I always believe in leaving the campsite better than I found it. No, 100%. You were mentioning earlier, Fred, this idea of, I suppose, uh, founders that become the face of their company. Like, for example, Elon Musk is synonymous with Tesla. But if a person, just a regular person on the street, I ask them who are the founders of, you know, Google, you know, Larry Page and Sergey Bin, they might not necessarily know that. So it's interesting to see how companies grow and they either will go for and I suppose anonymous but yet alluring kind of brand versus the kind of person that wants to attach themselves to their companies in the public domain Uh, i suppose what are your thoughts on on that in general because i suppose it places a lot of pressure on the ceo in general to behave in a, a particular manner or demeanor in the public spotlight then they might not necessarily have to if it was just you know uh just a brand you know, I think it comes back to the individual. Um, if the individual can manage that and actually leverage that and, and create um, a rhythm and create a, a movement around that, then I think, you know, that's a different, you know, then it's a strength, right? But if, if, if the individual is not so much like that, you know, I, I think, um, I don't mean to throw shade, but um, well, it's just as it is, right? I think Mark Zuckerberg would have got a lot of coaching on his um, presentations. Um, You know, I just am not sure naturally he's seen as, you know, a persuasive, he's he's more of a technology led 
CEO and he's a great CEO. He's created a great company and I admire him, but he just doesn't play to that, you know, domain. He sort of goes through other channels, which is very smart. You know, you play to your strengths. Um, there is a limitation, but you know, and, and, and there's only one founder. So going global is a bit tougher. So it does need to scale in some way. Um, but I do think that, um, it is possible and it can be done. It's just, you know, and especially now, right now with a lot of like, you know, podcasts and um, TV shows being um, from home, um, I think, I think the media has gotten much more used to um, a global um, virtual face of a company versus a, 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 um, you know, you have to be in person. Um, but that will change back again as well. I think in person has a, a real magic to it. Um, but I think there's definitely a trend now um, that's opened up. And I, I think there are going to be some new faces of companies and new digital um, um, entrepreneurs or maybe faces of companies emerge. No, 100%. 100%. So just on uh, that word entrepreneur, because everyone, like I know personally when I was just first, I uh, suppose, going out there and, and trying to get something started, I, I realized that first and foremost, I, uh, I struggle with the initial motivation of teams. And uh, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, how would you personally recommend an entrepreneur that's just getting started, Fred, in terms of trying to motivate a team without money? Say they don't come without money. I realize that money is an important motivator and it does help and it communicates the value that they offer to a startup. I'm finding that quite recently and it's very effective. But say, for instance, they didn't come from a family of means and they were trying to get something going like really well. Uh, would you suggest that I suppose they, they lean on their close friends? Or how, how would you, I suppose, if you had your time again, do it and I suppose you know, recommend someone else to do something in a similar vein to you? So, so I think you know, there's a couple of things. You talk, what you're talking about is payment. Right, and everyone values things differently. They have different things that they want and they need. So payment might be learning skills, or payment might be gaining experience, or you know, payment might be just associating with certain people. There's many different dimensions to the word payment. Um, I think there's a base fundamental existence of of money that people need to survive. Um, and some people are in different positions at different points in time, you know, and, and, and so, you know, there's, 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 I think, I think it's just about finding out what does, you know, that other person want, what motivates them, what drives them and creating an environment, creating a role, creating expectations and situations where they get that. That's a very rewarding, um, amazing experience for a lot of people um but you know i think at the end of the day yeah i think money is a great denominator but just not everything you know uh, i i had a lot of crew come and join me from the very start and it wasn't really about money they just wanted to come and work with me they you know a lot of people offer up and say you know hey can i come and just work with you and hang out with you and and, and then I, you know i think it's great it may not turn into anything else it may turn to something else and We've had a lot of, you know, people intern at Finder and they you send me messages and they say, I still remember what you said and I still do the things that you taught me back then. Um, and, and, and that's, that's great. You know, 
uh, I think it's, it's fantastic that people take those chances in, I've had other people come and intern with me and they've turned into, uh, or work with me and they've turned into absolute giants in Finder. Um, one of our head of sales, um, um, he, he, um, he started working for free with me and he learned all sorts of things and he's been working with me for probably eight years now and, and he's an absolute giant. You know, he, he, he's grown and he hustles and he just makes things happen that aren't, you know, you'd be shocked and amazed at. And, and, and I think, um, but that opportunity wouldn't have come if he didn't, you know, sort of put his hand up and say, Hey, I want to join what you're doing. I'm interested in that. No, a hundred percent. And when it comes down to it, I find it's very fascinating. Um, uh, I suppose the current climate, because there is so many millennials my age that want to do their own thing. Right. And it's a very kind of, it's interesting. You either get two, I'm going to generalize right now, Fred, we get two groups of university students, ones that want to obviously get their degree, become lawyers, doctors, accountants, whatever they may be in, you know, top four accounting and audit, accounting audit, uh, audit and assurance uh, firms. I stumble over my words a little bit there. And then obviously the people that I suppose want to either start their own company or work at a startup. And there's obviously potential for that on AngelList. But I suppose what I'm really trying to get at is, do you feel as though the current university education system is is dated a little bit because there's a lot of, uh, I, I know person cause I still go to university. A lot of people kind of complain that it might be a little bit dated and considering what you do, uh, educates a lot of people with personal finances. Is there, is there maybe a disconnect between uh, business graduates and uh, financial acumen you find, or is that something that you perhaps don't, don't see? You know, I, I, if my daughters came to me, and said, I don't want to go to university, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, I think the entire uh, education system is constructed around the premise of industrialization. Um, in that, you know, we're all segmented into years and we move in years through. And what used to happen is people used to go through school in certain years and out came certain people and certain people went to these universities and then from those universities some went to the energy company some went to the army and some went to the uh, manufacturing plants and um some worked in the in the you know um uh power um company and and and, and all of those were nice structured organized systems which is great for industrialization um and so we've kind of left the industrial era and gone to the information era right and, and, and education hasn't changed. Um, in some universities, I think it is changing. And in some, um, you know, education uh, institutions, um, they've recognized that. And, and there are new ways to learn, um, which are very valid. And, and I think most of my learning probably didn't happen at university. I, I learned some fundamental things, which was great. And, but most of it, I, I learned on my own, uh, reading books and testing stuff and trying stuff. You know, I was coding the internet um, when, you know, they were teaching us, um, 
Rula and Java and things like that at, at university. And those structures and understandings helped me a lot. But, you know, I did one of the first courses at my university. This is back in 2001. So it was a long time ago. And probably universities changed now. Um, but, I did, you know, and, and we, I didn't actually attend any of the lectures or the, um, or the tutorials. I, 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 I literally asked for the assignment and I handed it in straight after he gave it to me at the computer because I could just code it freely. I'd already learned all the languages and I knew all those constructs and structures of how to do it. Um, and I just turned up the exam and I filled in the exam. And, and that was that, that was a good sign for me that, you know, I, I, I'm not going there, you know, the puck is today. I'm skating to where the puck's going. And, and, and I think that was important, you know. So, so I think, you know, if I was starting out right now, you know, just instead of following your university course, I would just stop and think, where do I, what, what courses do I want to go to? You know, and just turn up and listen and absorb and then go and do your own research and go further down those paths um, and find those things that you love. Because that's the only time in university when you can do that. You know, I look at that and I say, yeah, I was a great proactive university student and you, know, you could look at it that way. Not really. I was just a lazy you know, gamer who used to build websites for my, um, you know, my, my clan on Age of Empires. And I just so happened to turn that passion of what I loved to do into something that actually made money during that time, which is great. Um, but, you know, most of the time I never turned up to uni. I, I, I was too tired and been playing games all night. But at the same time, I just followed my, some of my passions. I just said, hey, I, I really like this. And then when there were university courses that aligned to that, I was there. I was listening and I wanted to know what they were having. I remember the first, um, you know, SQL, which is a database language course, I turned up and I was asking all the questions you could possibly ask in a tutorial. And I, I, I went to the lecture and I continuously asked them and I went and did the, the, the work and immediately I left and went home and built a, a website using SQL, a, a dynamic website. And that was incredible, right? I was in the right, that, that, that's where I think university, that's, that's what, it's, it is what you make of it. You know, you know from a, for an entrepreneur, I, I don't think you should look at it like a, a pathway to anything. Just look at it as a time of your life to explore what you're passionate about. That's that's kind of what I looked at it as. And I'm very grateful for the university to give me that opportunity. They gave me computers to work on. They gave me people to go and talk to and learn all these things, which I never would have. I don't, I don't know who else to go and speak to about that. Um, it was great. Like there, like it was. It's like a like a like a party for your for your for your passions. You know, that's how I saw it. But maybe that's just that was just me you know other people have other journeys um i just i just you know probably a bit more of a a square peg i guess and, and i wasn't 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 terribly good at um following um I, i'm much better at listening to myself and then and then pursuing that fair enough and i suppose when it just comes to because you just touched on a, a great thing there when it comes to just human intuition in general and following what you feel like is in your gut and in your heart and in passion um how how do you i suppose develop that um i suppose thirst because a lot of people 
are necessarily uh, bombarded by choice. We live in this age where it's just like there's so many options available to anyone at any one given time. And you've only got so much time that you can kind of delegate, delegate for yourself for one specific task or any goals that you want to achieve. So how do you put everything on a whiteboard? Do you kind of spend time alone in self-reflection before you go out and go, I'm going to focus on that right now because I feel like that's going to be with my own and obviously the collective interest of the company going forward? You know, I, I think what you're talking about is prioritization and focus of your life. I think it starts with a goal, you know, and, and then before that even starts with your purpose. That's a really hard question. You know, everyone goes, oh, what's my purpose? It's not an easy thing to discover. I think I was probably only starting to discover my own purpose, you know, to create things and win. I love doing that. You know, <laughs> I, I just love and enjoy that. Um, and I celebrate that and I, and I share the, the wins that I get. You know, I love doing that. Um, I think the best way to start that question and, and this is just my personal belief is just make up a purpose. You know, your purpose might be to go and earn a hundred thousand dollars. You've paid the tax and it's in your bank account. Great. Maybe your purpose is to buy 50 pairs of shoes. Awesome. Great. It doesn't actually matter. It just matters what, what it is to you, I think. And then, you know, when it comes to prioritization, everything comes out the back of that. Just, just get your list of, you know, write down that goal and then get a, get a piece of paper. That's what I do. And I write down five things that I'm going to stop doing that'll help me get to my goal. And I write five things that I'm going to start doing that'll help me get to my goal. And I put that in my top drawer and I think about it. And since you put that energy out there, you tend to, you know, go and realize that. So, you know, and just, you know, replicate that a few times. Eventually you'll get to your goal. But along the way, you know, goals aren't, that's not all life is, right? That's just part of it. And it's, it, it's, I don't think that's ultimately what it's about. I think, you know, you got to go zoom out and eventually as you go and achieve, I've probably had like, you know, three purposes in life and solve those. And, you know, I'm, I'm always on the discovery for, for new ones. Um, but, but, but as a methodology that in that journey, I think it enables you to stop worrying about a question which is pretty much like irrelevant. It's like, what's the smell of an atom? Who knows? Um, and you're never gonna, you know, who, if you can't answer the question, don't worry about it, just move on. And then eventually you'll come around and go, ah, oh, I think I'm really good at this. I'm really good at that. And, and, and I really like doing those things. Huh. You know, it totally took me, as I said, 38 years to go and figure that out. And, and I'm still, still learning. Um, you know, when it comes to what do I need to do, you know, and that anxiety around, I need to do all these things in the world and there's so many opportunities. Just like do one. And then after you've done one, let's talk about number two. And, and I think that's, that's sort of how I look at that is um, don't start number two till you finish number one. And then after you've done that, Hey, let's go and have another um, chance and another go and we'll go back and we'll, we'll then, you know, commence another um, project. And as you get, you know, more experience and more resources, you can probably do a few things at once and you can have other people who lead those things and that's very possible. But, you know, in the beginning, 
you know, just go and try, go and try a few things and then just go and choose one. Hey, it'll probably teach you what you don't like or what you do like. And, and that's okay. Um, you know, my first business was a brutal business. You know, it was probably one of the, the hardest businesses I've ever been involved with. It's a service business. It's, it's not a great business to be involved with. And it taught me everything not to do. And I took all those lessons and I took them the opposite way around for Finder. <laughs> um, and, and that's, I'm very grateful for, right? And I, and I could do that when you're 23 years old and you're going out and doing something like that. You just finished it. You, you know, I said, I first saw myself when I was at university in the exact same way. And that's fine. And all of that experience and all that knowledge, that's what you take with you. That's what you paid. That, that was the cost on the investment it took for me to get to where I am today. No, fair enough, Fred. And obviously there's a lot of insight to be delved from exactly what you just mentioned just then. There's a huge thing that I think uh, everyone kind of compares themselves to the Elon Musk or, you know, the Jeff Bezos or, or Tim Cook. And there's this whole, you know, wake up at five in the morning and then work like 80 to hundred hour work weeks. Now, I, I don't think that this is a bad thing necessarily, but there is a kind of a, a undertone of, I feel a little bit of a, a toxic, uh, hustle culture to the extent where it's all encompassing of a person's life. Now, obviously in the initial phases, this would be, uh, well, it seems logical to go all in, in the initial phases when you're trying to get something off the ground. But can you, I suppose, speak from your experience of, I suppose, what you feel as though is uh, the most optimal use of a person's time? Because obviously sleep is a very important thing for any human being to function during the day. Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe I'm indirectly or directly one of the, the causes of that um, movement because I believe in burning out on purpose. I believe in pushing yourself to the absolute limit and then recovering and resting and acknowledging that and then doing it again and again and again and again. And that's just the way I operate. That's what works for me. But, you know, I, I, I do segment sleeping. Um, I... You know, I take naps, um, you know, um, I wake up, I don't know if you know about segment sleeping. So I, you know, I'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning and then I'll work till, you know, till the sun comes up six, six thirty. Then I'll go back to sleep and then I'll, you know, wake up again and I'll take a nap maybe in the afternoon and I'll keep doing that cycle and, and just stay dedicated and focused. Cause I think that's what it takes. That's the reality of this world, you know, um, and that's my method, but like, so maybe I'm the product of creating that. Um, and there's, you know, I don't have a badge that says that's how you should do things or you should copy me because my co-founder, you know, Frank, he doesn't do that at all. He, he, he's extremely methodical. He, he wakes up at, you know, six o'clock and he goes to the office at seven thirty, and then he leaves at six thirty, and he's in bed and he does it again and 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 again. And he's relentless. He has a routine and, and he's great at that. That's what works for him, but that doesn't work for me. Um, you know, I, I will work until my eyes hurt and, you know, I become mushy in the mind and, and then I got to go have a rest, you know? Um, but, you know, acknowledging that is okay. It's okay to, to do that as well. Like, I think there's a stigma now. It's like, Oh, you should have this balance in life. Well, what's balance? Balance to me is what, is what works for you. And if, if working for 80 hours or 70 hours or 100 hours doesn't work for you, and that's not actually where you get your most productivity, don't do that. 
don't operate in a, in a zone that doesn't work for you. I know people who work, yeah, 60 hours, 40 hours a week, and they crush it. They absolutely crush it. They're super efficient. They are super ruthless with their time, and they are hyper effective and hyper efficient. You know, but I think <clears throat> this comes back to how high are you shooting for, right? I think it's okay to not have to shoot, you know, for the absolute moon. You can shoot lower and, and build. Like, you know, Fund is a relatively small company, you know, on the earth, relatively speaking. It's, it's a small organization um, and it's great. I love it. I love how small it is. But that, that's intention, with intention and I have absolutely no problems with owning that and being who that is. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't have the intention for it to grow, but we don't have to do that like now and overnight. Take your time. You know, it's your time, how you want to do things. That's up to you. And I think owning that and owning being conscious of that, I think that's, that's the difference, right? I think that's tough and that's not easy to do to step into your energy and just be yourself. Um, that's probably where people get a little complicated and, and things get a little weird when you're trying to be someone that you're not. That's probably when I think, yeah, have a rethink and, and, and go from there. No, hundred percent. It just comes down to where a person, I suppose, values putting their time and, and making sure that if they're putting an extreme amount of time on one objective in their life, say it's their career, um, just, just for conversation's sake, uh, that I suppose their family or their relationships aren't suffering overtly. In that you know, you're you can be bearable amongst their presence, and and that kind of doesn't suffer, I suppose, to a traumatic extent. So, um, I suppose when it comes to your approach on on hiring in general, because I've been doing a lot of hiring recently, Fred. I would just I'd love to know exactly what your strategy is for, I suppose, seeing if a person's in it for the long term, or do you encourage people to work for Finder? Um, for uh, an initial kind of period of time, maybe like one to two years and then you encourage them to go elsewhere or what's your, your kind of strategy on hiring people? You know, I think um, I, I, I probably have a very unorthodox approach um, compared to most people. And, and that's probably because, you know, I, I'm trying to test people and put them through tests and trials. And, you, you know, for me, if you want to work with me and my team, and Fighter has a different approach, you know, as well. And everyone, every manager has their own ways. But there's a fundamental um, core um, ideology behind Finder and who would work and who won't work. And, and that's someone who's proactive, uh, gets stuff done, um, and wants to win. You know, they're, they're the kind of values I look for. And the way in which I try to tease that out is, um, is it's very hard to get into Finder. It's, it's a difficult experience. You've got to go through a lot of interviews. You've got to go through a lot of tests, things that you don't realize are tests. Um, there's a lot of, you know, secret trapdoors, and, you know, like some more small examples. So whenever I write a, a, a job ad, you know, I'll say apply here and then, oh, and then below is another sentence. Oh, by the way, if you email me the subject line, you know, um, um, hiring guns, I'll, um, um, I'll reply to you directly and we can have a chat. And, if people don't send that email, I don't even bother at looking at the other um, resumes, right? Because I want someone who's got attention to detail. I want someone who's proactive. I want someone who completes the task from end to end. That's what I look for. You know, they're the kind of people I want 
But other people don't want those people. You know, you may not want that. You want someone who's a creative thinker uh, 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 and, and, or you want someone who's super compliant and you, you want them to fill in the form and go through the process. There are different roles and different... Um, so I've kind of set up tests and, and, and experiences that tease out that true person that, that, that they are. And, and from that, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a realization uh, and, a, and an attraction of the individuals that I want to work with. And I think that's how I've you know, tried to operate over time. And I think it's worked out quite well. Um, obviously, you make mistakes as well. Um, but they're the kind of people that I, I naturally gravitate towards. No, 100%. So I suppose for anyone that wants to find Finder, I don't, I'm not sure how much more time you've got left of your day. I'm sure you're very, very busy, Fred. Um, so they can find Finder on the links that we will leave below. Uh, how else can people contact you and, and what's the best way um, in which uh, if they were interested, I'm not sure if you're hiring right now, but if they're interested in applying for Finder and, and seeing in its next stages of growth as a company and it, it's uh, do, doing very well. And obviously I can see that you've been at it for the long haul and it's, uh, I hope it, it um, continues to provide the amount of value that it already has to the market. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Mason, as well. I think, um, you know, anyone, there's a careers page on Finder. Um, we're looking for great technologists and, and, and internet marketers, people who want to, you know, have the attitude to want to get stuff done. Um, we, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively active there and, and you can see and follow me there and, and see what, what I'm all about. Um, and, and get a taste of you know what we're what we do at Finder before applying because it's not for everyone. Um, you know, there's very high expectations. It's a very intelligent crew, and 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 that's that's just the kind of people we we we, we want to work with. You know, there's lots of jobs out there, and but it, you know, and Finder might not be for you. But you know, if you're up for a challenge, then um, and you want to achieve something and be a great, you know, a great make greatness in your life and probably that, that, that's, that's the kind of, you'd be hanging out with other people who want to do that as well. No problem. Thank you so much, Fred, for being on the podcast and I'll be sure to have you on again. And I look forward to seeing a, a tremendous amount of growth for founder in the future. Finder, as I'm a founder, starting out a, a clearly a newbie. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, Fred.